Thank you for listening to We Have Ways of Making You Talk. Sign up to our Patreon to receive bonus content, live streams and our weekly newsletter with money off books and museum visits as well. Plus early access to all live show tickets. That's patreon.com slash we have ways. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. The Hargan women seemed to have it all. We were blessed. My mom was amazing. But detectives would soon discover... Inside the house, there were the bodies of two women. A story of betrayal you would struggle to believe if it wasn't true. I am just praying to God, this is a sick joke. From 48 Hours, this is Blood is Thicker, the Hargan family killings. Listen to Blood is Thicker, the Hargan family killings, wherever you get your podcasts. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage... All the way to the, we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. This episode is brought to you by Etsy. Looking to instantly upgrade your Mother's Day gift from typical to meaningful? Shop Etsy. Now until May 12th, get up to 30% off personalized jewelry, style, decor, and so many other items mom will love. And if you want her to know you put a ton of thought into her present, use Gift Mode. Gift Mode on Etsy takes the stress out of gifting so you can easily find well-crafted, original, and affordable pieces from small shops. Just tap or click Gift Mode on your Etsy app or Etsy.com. Then answer a few short questions about mom, and Gift Mode instantly gives you curated ideas based on hundreds of personas. Need something original and affordable for Mother's Day? Etsy has it. Shop until May 12th for up to 30% off gifts for mom. Terms apply. Achtung, achtung. Let the bells ring throughout the land, for it is a We Have Ways of Making You Talk VE Day special. Yes, yes. finally. For you, the war is over, ladies and gentlemen. Um, now, uh, fear not, this doesn't mean that James and I, because it is the end of the war on Europe, that we're going to stop talking about it. That's we're not going to stop talking about it in August either at VJ Day. Yeah, exactly. Well, what, what we thought we'd do, ladies and gents, is mark mark the occasion of uh, VE Day, of the end of the war. Um, uh, or, well, the, one of the ends of the war, because after <laughs> all, the war had many, many ends. Um, and... Uh, and and so on. But I think, um, you know, uh, it's an interesting day because, I mean, first of all, there's been some there's been some sort of um, right on argument about um, whether we should be marking or celebrating or commemorating VE Day, to which I say, 
How stupid are you people? Um, if, the, if the celebration of the destruction of Nazism, of the end of the Nazi regime, celebration, commemoration, whatever you would call it. I mean, I, 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 don't, I kind of don't mind in which direction you take that. If that's not something worth um, hanging out a bit of homemade bunting for, I don't know what is. I don't uh, know what is. how I feel about so, that. So a few people are coming over all Harrow Macmillan, are they? Kind of sort of, we don't need to commemorate this stuff. Well, no, it's more that it's nationalistic. And, and, and the thing is, is you, can, you, can, you can mark VE Day without having to um, uh, twing, twang one nationalistic bone in your body. You, it, it's, of course it's, you can. It's, the, it's, it's a good thing. It's a good thing that, that, took, that cost incredible sacrifice and effort. And, you know, after all, if you're a British, uh, if, you're a, if you're a wrapped in a Union Jack person, it means the end of the British Empire. You've bankrupted yourself in the process of... Um, uh, of defeating not so well, you know, also, what, what, other, do, you, what yeah. do you pe- I always think what do you people want <laughs> <laughs> well the other point of course is is that because of the victory against fascism and totalitarianism and nazism and and the end of the holocaust and all the rest of it that is one of the reasons why we were able to enjoy the liberties that we do today we live in this incredibly liberal society and, and we're able to have deb- yeah. debates about whether commemorating it is nationalistic or not so you know yeah. um you, you yeah. can you can yeah. do yeah. so, in circles so, on this yeah, go around, go around, around in circles on that one. But I think it's worth talking about. Um, I think we should we we should talk about how how did this how did the surrender happen? Um, what did the surrender entail? Um, what was it that took the Germans to surrender? Because we've we've talked again and again and again on this podcast about how by the middle of nineteen forty three, jigs up, Germany's done. Um, whichever way you cut it, really, the Eastern Front has ground completely to a halt. The bomb offensive is completely underway. They're on they're on the back foot in in uh, in uh, on the Eastern Front. Sicily's happened. The Hamburg thousand bomber raid. You know, like if you're if you're a, if you're a Klaus Witzian decisive battle person, those decisive battles have happened by the middle of 1943. Yet it takes a full two years. For Germany, to basically, to engage in this sort of death row, death spiral, date with destruction that its leadership has set it up for and that its people kind of buy into. So the first the first thing that sets the, the surrender in motion is Hitler's death, isn't it? Because if he'd lived another month, if he'd lived another month, people would have still been on their oath for another month and still fighting to defend him for another month, wouldn't they? Yeah, they would. I, I think there's there's all sorts of stuff going on in that final. I mean, you know, it's really after it's it's after the crossing of the Rhine, then suddenly things move really quickly. Yeah. I mean, you know, you've had this this terribly sticky period where you know basically from the end of the kind of sort of mass breakout um, um, from Normandy at the beginning of September when that period ends through to yeah. you know March 1945 when no one's really going very far at all. And then suddenly no. they cross the Rhine, obviously, you know, with the British, it's varsity and plunder and the, and the Americans getting across and Third Army getting across and Bridge of Remagen and all the rest of it. Yeah. Then suddenly there's this kind of massive spurt forward. I mean, I mean, 21st Army Group does about 180 miles in a couple of weeks, something like that, yeah. you know, to, to get to Belsen by, yeah. you know, when, when's plunder? 23rd of March. Belsen is 11th of April. Yeah. I mean, Belsen's a frick of a long yeah. way from, to from, to from, from Vaisal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it's a really yeah. long stretch. And, you know, I think, again, you know, when people look back at the performance of, of the Allies, the Western Allies, they forget that there are these spurts constantly. And even so with on the Eastern Front as well, it's not a continual yeah. kind of flurry forward, you know, with the, even with well, the Well, the Western Day, Allies they... tend to 
Yeah, go on. The, the Western Allies tend to they tend to they lock horns with the Germans, um, and and do what they have to do to write them down, and then and then do this great punch through mobility punch through. Then the the front forms in the next place. Yes. Coagulates, you lock horns, you write them down, and obviously, of course, at the end of the end of forty four, your problem is the weather's gone wrong. There's less daylight. Blah 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 blah. Yep. Um, it's muddy. Uh, uh, you've you've got a. It's muddy. Getting stuff across by sh- by sea is slower. Everything's slowing down, yes. and of course, Ant- Antwerp and all that. So so the but 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 when the Western Allies do when they do punch through, they do they do make great progress. So you get to so like so like you say, it's this it's this sort of rush across. Um, uh, Germany meeting the Russians at the Elbe, and the Berlin offensive all happening at once. I mean, there's basically, I mean, but by the time Dönitz yeah. becomes Führer, he's got this tiny rump top, top and bottom in Germany to be uh, Führer of, isn't he? It is. But I think it's just worth just mentioning that 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 you know, following that, you know, by the time they get to get to the get to the Elbe in, the, in a kind of sort of you know middle to third week of, of of April, the big the big thing for 21st Army Group is that you know. And indeed, the and 12th Army Group, the, the the Americans, is, you yeah. know, why aren't they driving on Berlin? And there's a number of reasons for this. And one of them is because on the 16th of April, Eisenhower sends a directive to Montgomery, goes, get up, get your ass up to the Baltic, ASAP, you know, yep. block off Denmark, yep. because otherwise the Ruskies are going to get there. And, and actually, yeah, as yeah, it yeah. turns out, he they get to um, um, they get to the top of um uh, um, beyond Osnabrück and then and then on up to that northern part of um, Flensburg and round there, they get up to there by um, yeah. six hours ahead of the Soviet Union. You know, of the Red yeah. Army, it is literally a race is on. So suddenly, there's this whole other yeah. potential post-war kind of issue coming, rearing its ugly head, and they're just going. Yep. And it's Eleventh Armoured Brigade which get up there, and they actually do cut the coast and get to the coast, the Baltic coast, on the eastern side of the Denmark Peninsula. Yeah, just in the nick yeah. of time, and that's why Monty yeah. on the fifth of May is signing his, you know, is overseeing the surrender on Lüneburg Heath, which is, you know, yeah. just just south of of Hamburg, you know, at that point. Yeah. I mean, it is there is quite a lot going on, and then from the point of view of of Twelve Army Group, it's you know they're they're heading they're heading sort of southwards towards you know towards Berkestaden and Bavaria and the Alps and all the rest of it because they're worried about the Alpine Redoubt. But the one thing that yeah. the, the but, Western Allies are not worrying about one, is Berlin. Yeah, and there's one reason for that, and that's Japan. Yes, because you you know there has what to is be. the point in, in what, what's Berlin for? You know what what are the Allies going to gain from getting from from Berlin? I mean, it's already been agreed at, at Yalta anyway that, that the Russians should have it. Yeah, but but let the Russians go and lose eight hundred thousand men taking Berlin because we're probably looking down the barrel of half a million men invading Japan and that that is absolutely as if, as we now know not, from reading that Helderpay book you know the thing that's absolutely yeah. weighing down on all the allied commanders that's on their mind and and to the point where they don't even say it to each other because they know that's the that's the thing and that's when you get into that's when you get into accounts and, and, and you know we've talked about Band of Brothers a bit that's in Band of Brothers at the last episode where they're all looking at how many points they've got whether they're going to have to go to the Far East correct yeah um, absolutely uh, uh, and and because because the American army has about six Six, nearly seven million men under arms at this point, and uh, they're simply going to they're going to they've got they've got to have men left alive to do occupation. I mean, it's it, it's interesting because the British the British are always thinking in terms of how many people are going to have left for after the war. We need a factories that can we need a, a workforce left. There's no point getting everyone killed if it leaves our economy crippled. I mean, it is 
It's kind of like, yep. you know, the, a British government thinking in terms of the long term economic impact of its actions is, you know, right, right. A, a topic right now, you know, um, but but the British are always it's always <clears throat> assumed that the British are husbanding their resources for, for, for this, that and the other reason. This 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 is the sort of the handbrake that's on British um, strategic and then operational and tactical uh, execution, but the Americans are doing this too. Yeah, because they're going, they're thinking we're going to have to invade, we're going to have to do this all over again. Yeah. Um, the other end of the world, and yeah. against an enemy that 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 because because Iwo Jima is just is just is is just no, it's Okinawa, it's Okinawa by this stage. No, so, so no, it's no, it's Okinawa is is going on, which is absolutely bloody, mm. and with the Japanese literally fighting to the last man, woman, and child. So, and still vicious fighting going course, on in in. I mean, Rangoon well, falls yeah. on first of May, second of May, yeah. something like that. And the American and the American brass are thinking. Oh, crap you know yeah. so that's that's that that's absolutely why they're not going to go they're not going the other to thing i think early. is really interesting about that end period is, is obviously you know lots of people are kind of sort of slightly keeping their heads down because you think well you know come on this way it'd just be stupid to kind of get shot at this point yeah the other thing that's really yeah. interesting is you see a lot of you know certainly from a lot of accounts i've read um and particularly british guys because they know that kind of bomber commanders are ones that have been kind of causing most of the destruction of cities you know, they yeah. get to these places, they get to Osnabrück or whatever, and it's just kind of, you know, it's just flattened. And they, they feel really sickened. They don't feel particularly kind of proud of that. Then yeah. they have the big moment where they get to kind of, you know, San Bostel and Belsen, and they get to, you know, the Americans get yeah. to Dachau. And suddenly that's the game changer. And everyone sort of goes, yeah. okay, right. Oh, <laughs> you know, okay, this okay. is different now. It, a, it was worth it. Yeah. A, it was worth it. And B, B, we need to finish this. Yes, yeah. exactly that. Yeah. I mean, the process of how it does all finish, I think, is interesting as well, because actually it's in Italy where the first unconditional surrender takes place on the 2nd yeah. of May. And what's really interesting about that is, again, it's it sort of the whole thing is sort of slightly counterintuitive because actually it is Karl Wolf, who is the um, the head of the SS in in Italy that is desperately trying to bring the whole thing to an end. He's the one who's trying to kind of sort of calm down anti-partisan operations. He's the one who's trying to sort of placate strikes and all the rest of it and, and, and trying to stop these sort of mass executions. And it's actually... It's, um, so, so that's really interesting. Um, it is Kesselring who uh, is refusing know what? to do let it Do we know why? Happen. Yeah, because he... Do reckon- we know why? Yes, for two reasons. First you're of really- all, he's been trying... He wants peace and he wants to make sure that he doesn't end on a hangman's noose at the end of it. And secondly, because he realises it's pointless because it's not going to achieve anything. Yeah. You know, so there's... Yeah. Carl, Carl Wolf, although he was up to his neck in it, he's an absolute pragmatist. And he realises that in Italy, yeah. you know, going around and sort of mastering lots of people when the war is clearly lost isn't going to do anyone any favours. I mean, not the Italians, there are, not there, there, there is an outbreak of pragmatism, though, is there? I mean, I mean, it's pretty late in the day. Because Speer, Speer says that he went to Hitler and said, I'm not going to destroy the factories the way you want them. I'm not going to put the country to the sword the way you want it so it's useless to anybody. I can't do that. I've got to, I've got to think of people after. Now, of course, the problem with Speer is, Speer is an epically unreliable witness. Yes. So, um, uh, uh but, yes, but, and that doesn't but, fit with the thousand-year Reich or Armageddon kind of either-or kind of option. I mean, the thing about Italy, though, just to go back no. to that very quickly. So it is Kesselring. Yeah, sorry, yeah. It is Kesselring who is 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 putting the stop on that. He says, "I cannot surrender until Hitler gives me the authority to do so because I made my oath to Hitler." And Wolf is just yeah. going, "Don't be such a dick!" You know, just flipping do it. It's all <laughs> over. And, and and it's really interesting when you look at all the papers of that and you look at the documents going back and forth. You know, Wolf is having sort of clandestine meetings with Alan Dulles in Switzerland and all this kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. And, and so, so anyway, 
It, it is about a week, ten days, two weeks later than it needed to have been in Italy, certainly. Um, yeah. But uh, and they would have then captured Mussolini intact and all that kind of stuff. Um, yeah, yeah. But it happens on the second. Then, of course, there is the kind of the surrender of the north. Um, and again, that is a lot of that is to do with the Russians coming quickly on their heels, so they want to get to the British quickly, which is why Monty gets his surrender kind well, of lined up on the fourth and side. But you've million, but you've and you well, and they come and see him, and it's Dernitz's replacement as head of the head of the Kriegsmarine comes to see him, and then uh, one of the local army commanders, and then a major representing the Gestapo, and they come to see Montgomery, and Montgomery says, "Who I don't know who any of you are, never heard of any of you." Yeah, like whatever. You know, um, what authority do you have? And uh, and says, why have you brought a major into my headquarters and balls them out for bringing a major? Because the major's not high-ranking enough for this occasion. And yeah, brilliant. You know, he's obviously he's a monster thinking. I'm having. I'm going to have. I'm going to have my moment here. Thank you very much. And and then they go away and they come back and uh, and and at the time they say we want to surrender. Um, uh, we 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 want to surrender to you rather than the Russians. Yeah. And he says, no, 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 anyone that's facing the Russians has to surrender to the Russians. I'm absolutely not taking your your surrender to, to the Russians. No way. It's just not happening, which is so interesting because because, as you've you, you know, at the same time, Monty's rushed north to head off the Russians. Yes. But he's also as a soldier or something or as a guy actually thinking in terms of the geopolitics knows that he's got to say to them, you, you you've got to surrender to the Russians clean. You can't surrender to us because the Russians are looking, obviously looking for allied skullduggery and allied double dealing, and you know because yeah. because they're led by they're led by the world's greatest paranoiac. So I mean it's <laughs> it, it, it it's this it's 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 really really interesting. And then of course they come back and they sign the they do sign an unconditional surrender, um, which is just amazing. And 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 the signal then goes out. But but of course that's just. That's just in the north. That's just the twenty first. Yes, and, what's, not, and, and it's amazing. So then you get, then you get th- th- that spot is amazing. And you may remember that I was there last summer, and I was I remember sort of tweeting yeah, yeah. over, um, WhatsApping over you the photo of the of the boulder that marks yeah. the spot. Yeah. It doesn't actually quite. I think Paul Reed told me that it, it doesn't actually mark the spot. That's actually kind of about another hundred yards away or whatever. But what is so amazing right. about that is you the, there's the road and you walk up a little track and it's just like a, a lovely country road track hedges either side you know and you you walk up this track there's a wood up ahead on the crest of a kind of narrow of a low ridge it's not hill exactly yeah um yeah and there's this big boulder just says here was signed the end of the war and it's 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 kind of it's very hard to sort of get your head around that because you're standing there at this moment of just enormous importance and yet it's so sort of insignificant at the same time but isn't it strange? Because if you go to Leipzig, there's that enormous memorial to the Battle of Leipzig, and if you go right. to Waterloo, there's you know the great the great obelisk, yes. the, you know the on the yes, on the, yes, on yes, the yes. mound, the, the, the lion, the Mount of the and, Lion, or whatever it's called. You know, and, the, and that those battles have those battles that those wars have those great on-site memorials. But I suppose it's not. It, I suppose the Lunenburg is not the. It's not the site of a great battle. Is it's the site of. It's it's the site of a. I suppose a great so. surrender. So maybe you could. Maybe maybe that's why. But it, it's a strange thing. We need to take a quick break. We'll be back in a second when the rest of the German army surrenders. Hi. 
I'm Anthony Scaramucci, former White House Director of Communications and Wall Street financier. And I'm Katty Kaye, U.S. Special Correspondent for BBC Studios. I've been covering American politics for almost three decades. Welcome to The Rest is Politics U.S., brought to you by Goalhanger. Go on, tell us, were those donations you made, like Obama in 2008, was that idealism? Were you hoping to get something out of these campaigns that would serve your own business interests, for example? So I think this will either make this podcast incredibly successful, Caddy, or people <laughs> will be horrified and they'll shut it off right now because I'm going to be very real with you. The Obama donation, I had gone to law school with President Obama. We were not classmates. I was a few years ahead of him. It was 2007. He was then Senator Obama. I had a check in my breast pocket. I went over to the senator. I said, Senator, I said, you and I didn't really know each other in law school, but I'm about to hand you a big check. Can I lie to my friends and tell them that you and I knew each other in law school? (laughs) Well, Obama looks at me, had the best smile in American politics since Jack Kennedy. Forever. Yeah. He lights up. He looks at me and says, I'll tell you what, if you double the amount of the check, we'll take it back to Hawaii, okay? And I looked at him. I said, you're done. I had another check in my pocket. I ripped it up. I doubled the amount of the check. And I'm going to tell you right now, I've been to more White House Christmas parties during the Obama administration than the Trump administration. In this pivotal year for the United States, democracy, and world affairs, Britain's biggest podcast, The Rest is Politics, is launching stateside. Uncovering secrets from inside the Biden and Trump inner circles and how they shape the world's most important economy, but also the global economy too. New episodes are released every Friday morning. Just search The Rest is Politics US wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to We Have Ways VE Day. Uh, James and I are talking. Um, uh, inevitably, it being VE Day. So, so the British, the British contingent take their opposite number surrender on May the fourth, isn't uh, it? The actual signing is that so they accept it on the fourth and it's signed on the fifth, and then on that same day on the fifth. That's right. Yeah. Um, you know, Donitz's guys start making contact at, with Shafe. Um, the Supreme Headquarters yeah. Allied Expeditionary Fourth, which is where Eisenhower is, you know, that that's that, yeah. and that's at Reims in northern France. And they are sending a delegation early on the morning of the 5th. Bad weather delays them. They then turn up and they say, right, OK, we're going to start negotiations that evening. And um, when they do turn up, um, yeah. they say, look, we're, we, we can stop immediately. We can have an immediate ceasefire now, yeah. but we need to allow two days for the movement of troops. Yeah, which again is all about getting out of the Russians. Getting and away from the just Russians. Goes, no way, Jose. It's yeah. a total unconditional surrender. End of. And if you don't start coming into line, the negotiations are off, and we'll just keep hammering you. So they come away again. They go, okay, fine. Yeah. And they then send Yodel on. Well, that's what. My, but the, um, a Mont- exactly Monty says yeah. that exactly. as well. This is the party he says line. To, he's to these guys. He says, he says, we, we, you know, I want your surrender now and you surrender to me, but not to any, you know, uh, your units to me, because otherwise I will go on killing a great number of men, uh, 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 men under arms and civilians will go on being killed because you won't surrender. And it's, it's very interesting that that is the party line. And I mean, it's fascinating that it is so um, rigidly struck, yeah. stuck to across yep. the board isn't it it's it's really interesting because unconditional surrender after all is it's been agreed you know regarded by some as controversial yeah but it's been agreed and they're sticking they're absolutely sticking to it so so then so then 
am I right in thinking so Yodel, Yodel then, very Yodel weird then is sent forward you know, because he hasn't been there on the fifth. So he then comes on right. the sixth and, and he arrives that's right, right, and that's does right. the whole kind of boot clicking and the Nazi salute. And Eisenhower says to him, get back outside, turn around, go back outside, come in and give me a proper military salute and then we'll talk. So he, he walks back out again. Let's just pretend that moment didn't happen. Comes in and does the kind of normal salute and then they start talking. And, um, you know, it's, 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 it's amazing. And they don't finally kind of sign it until 2.41 a.m. on the morning of um, the 7th. So it is the 7th of... And he said... Th- that, that is when the surrender doesn't is signed. He, doesn't he say... Doesn't he say, I want it to be entered into the record, the German people have achieved a great deal and suffered yeah, so hugely he, he, as a result yeah, exactly of this that. war? And they're like, and they're, and they're like, fuck yeah. you! Like, how yeah. dare you he say, say he that? He says, he says exactly yeah. that. He's, he's, he says, we have suffered more than anyone else, so I hope you're going to be generous to us. Uh, and no one yeah. says that. Everyone just yeah. gives him short shrift. What's amazing is when Yodel then turns around because the whole thing is being filmed and there's lights and there's the big table and there's Ike, there's the, there's Tedder, there's some yeah. fantastic bald-headed yeah. Russian commanders as well. Yeah. When he turns around, he then trips yeah. over uh, over an electric cable <laughs> and, and almost falls flat on his face. It's absolutely brilliant. Um, but but one of the guys who was watching that was witness there was Billy Drake, who um, legendary fighter yep. pilot, pre-war fighter pilot, shot down yep. in the Battle of France um, in France, nearly lost his head, but was saved by homemade armor piercing armor plating in the back of his Hurricane. Um, went on to command 112 Squadron, Shark Squadron in the Western Desert. Total legend, absolute lad, brilliant yeah. guy. Uh, and I remember asking, sitting down to him and saying to him, you know, well, you must have been pretty happy, weren't you? And he said, he said, no. He said, I wasn't happy. He said, it was just like a, he said, it was a really mooted affair. And he said the whole of the next day, the, the, you know, because obviously it was early in the early hours, the whole of that following day, the 7th of May, he said there was no celebration. There was no sense of euphoria at all. And he said, it wasn't just me. He said, everyone. And he said, said from my perspective, I was thinking two things. I was thinking, what is the world going to look like now that this has all ended? And I was also thinking about myself. You know, what am I going to do? You know, what's going to happen to me? What's my career? What's my yeah. life now? And he said those two concerns yeah. absolutely yeah. just weighed really heavily on him. Well, but that, but and all the accounts you read, you you do read about a lot of people getting drunk, yes, right. But 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 you don't necessarily read about people having a big party. That that um, well, I think that, it, yeah, you, it lots depends of where real it is. proper mixed feelings. So people on the front line thinking, either thinking, great, I can go home, or oh shit, we're going to Japan next. Or thinking yes. of all their mates, their suffering, how the, the people they know that they've lost, the people they've killed, how their lives have been put on hold. Um, are their families still going to be waiting for them when they get home? And, he, and in fact, and you get this, you know, this, this great sort of sea change in mood from we have to finish this yep. to now what? What what do we do now? And then the army, of course, has to flip into being an army of occupation rather than an army prosecuting a war. And of course, that that immediate suddenly everyone's confined to barracks and all this sort of stuff or billets and they have to parade in the morning. And they're all like, oh, no, 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 no. And you've you've also got that thing that a lot of people who were in the British British Liberation Army, the, uh, as it called itself before D-Day, they regard the deal as I'm in the army till we've defeated Germany. 
Um, yeah. And you absolutely are not going to be able to get me to go anywhere else. So there's, there's a real, a real uh, sluice of mixed feelings. Um, uh, it's certainly in Germany. I mean, in England, in, in the UK, there's a different, there's a different fear that there's relief that it's over. But also, what's it cost? What, 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 do, what can the future possibly hold? And also unfinished yeah. business in Japan. And I, I mean, I always think it's quite interesting that VE Day is kind of like, has always, since the 90s, since it started being marked again in the 90s, VE Day has been the one with all the emphasis. It should be VJ Day. But it should be VJ Day because that's, the VJ Day, the that's war. when the, the, that's the war. When the war, war I, think, I think it's worth it. And that's when, and that's also when you have a new, a new British yep. government as well. And, you know, things yep. have actually moved on and the future is beginning to shape Absolutely. itself. I think it's worth it. Just talking about the, um, what, what actually happens on the 7th of May, because, what immediately happens is, yeah. is, is, although it's unconditional surrender and it is across the board, there is still fighting going on in the Eastern Front. There's a, there's, there's fighting going on in Prague. There's all sorts of stuff. Yep. And the, and Stalin says, no, we're going to have yep. our own ceremony and we're going to have this at one minute past midnight on the 9th. So it is the end of the evening of the 8th, yeah. one minute past midnight, 0001 yeah. on the 9th of May. Yeah. That is when we're going to have our surrender. And no one, and this has got to be secret until then. Yeah, yeah. Everyone's going, well, this is absolutely crazy. And then yeah. what happens is, um, funny enough, it, so they all agree, and all the journalists that have been witnessing the surrender at 2.41am in Reims are all absolutely sworn to secrecy and all yeah. the rest of it. Yeah. Funny enough, it is two German officers who spill the beans to Ed Kennedy, who's this American reporter in Associated yeah. Press. Yeah. And he goes, fuck this, I'm just going to, I'm going to say it. This is the biggest coup of my life. So at, yeah. he is told at yeah. 2.27 p.m. on the um, uh, on the 7th, immediately wires it back. And there is just this spontaneous outburst of euphoria in the United States. And actually, a lot of the scenes you see yeah. of New York and Times Square absolutely heaving and all the rest of it, that's actually on the 7th. Uh, before that's the, the 7th war's rather ended. than the 8th. Yeah. Churchill then says, this is insane. You know, we all know the cat's out of bag. We can't possibly yeah. keep this. And Truman says, no, we've got to respect what Stalin says. And Churchill, so Churchill is has yeah. three planned broadcasts to the nation on the 7th, all of which are cancelled. And eventually says, yeah. this is uncontrollable. Yeah. This is uncontainable. This is making us look stupid. There's a period of, there's a period of, period of four hours, isn't there, where everything changes yes. very, very quickly, where you, you have you have that conversation. He's writing to Truman going, well, we've got to keep it UJ on side, Uncle Joe on side, all this sort of thing. And it and obviously the news, the news, there's no there's no right. stopping a piece of good news like no, that. No, so eventually there? he just and says... even, I mean, even Stalin can't control that piece of no, news. No, exactly. <laughs> and so what eventually happens is Churchill goes, OK, I'm coming up with a compromise. What I'm going to say is what, what we will announce on the BBC at 7.40pm on the 7th of May is that tomorrow will be considered Victory in Europe Day. And so everyone goes, yeah. hooray! Yeah. And, in, and, and, and then he does his broadcast to the nation at 3pm. Afterwards, he announces it to the Commons. Yeah. Then they go for a, a service in St Margaret's Chapel next to Westminster Abbey. Then he drives to the palace. Yeah. At the palace, the king leads him down the steps at the front and does the whole thing. The king then speaks at nine. Meanwhile, yeah. the 8th of May is President Truman's, um, because Roosevelt's died in April, and so he's the vice president has taken over. Truman yeah. announces it to the press at um, 8.30am Eastern Standard Time and makes his own broadcast at 9am. Uh, uh, on on the eighth, what is really interesting about both those broadcasts and indeed the kings as well, those three broadcasts, um, is how muted they are. 
for precisely the reasons we've been talking about. Yeah. You know, we may allow ourselves this brief yeah. moment of, of celebration, but then it's back to business. Yeah. Truman's is even more mooted. And so what you do get is this absolutely mental party atmosphere for one day. Cities across the ground, you know, this is where you have yeah. the street parties in the villages. You know, Trafalgar Square is yeah. absolutely teeming. The Mall is teeming outside Buckingham Palace, all yeah. the rest of it. And, and again, you know, yeah. you get this real mixture of feelings. So I remember talking to my uh, one of my great neighbours, Bobby Brown, who was the doctor's wife. And, and she had been working in, in secret intelligence in London at the time, in Whitehall, in, in, during the war. But her then fiancé was a Belgian bomber pilot who'd gone missing over Romania. And she said, I just right. had to walk away. She said, I had to walk away from all this. Everyone was so happy. And all I just felt was wretched. Nothing to But then I talked to, to Tom Bauer. Yeah, yeah I mean... Uh, Tom for, Bauer for, was this journalist. Yeah. He, he you know, became a post-war journalist and a biographer and, and writer and all the rest of it. And he said, it was great. You know, he said, you know, I remember being in Green Park, my... my my head resting on the lap of some lovely drinking champagne. It was all absolutely gorgeous. And my mum's got an amazing memory of this. Well, there's that there's that famous broadcast, isn't there, where you can hear it's Humphrey Littleton playing the trumpet That's outside, right. yeah, yeah, outside yeah, Buckingham Palace, and you can t- you you can tell it's him. You can, from, the, <laughs> from the tone of the trumpet, amazing. it's hum. It's Humphrey Littleton because he was because he was in he happened to be in London and and he had his trumpet with him and and uh, got out and joined the playing when all the saints right. I think that's right. But I must read thing. my mum's. I must just yeah, read out yeah, my yeah. mum's memory because um, she is really good. Because we were talking about this the other yes, day, and she she put on the family WhatsApp group. She 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 wrote this thing, and everyone just went, "God, that's amazing! We've never heard this before." Anyway, so let me just read it. She said. Um, I have such blissful, happy memories of VE Day. To me, it seemed very sudden and completely amazing. The whole school were walked en masse to Newquay Station and crammed onto a very small train which took us to the small village of Luxulian. Luxulian, where we had a picnic lunch in the vicarage garden. It was a perfect summer day. Both garden and house were huge to my eyes and some of the windows were part of the walls built over to avoid window tax, we were told. Afterwards, some of us listened to the King's speech in a room behind the post office. Then we had a go at ringing the church bells, which had been silent throughout the war. Lastly, we tucked up our dresses and paddled into the local stream. I remember jumping from boulder to boulder and that the water was milky white from the China clay mining. I can't remember going back. I expect I was asleep, but the mood of the day has been with me all my life. Incredible. What a perfect place. What a perfect place to end. Thank you, James's mum, for that. That's uh, very special. I'm going to, when we get off now, I'm going to ask my mum and dad what their memories of EA Day are. I'm not going to let you end just yet because we've just got to mention the, the, the Soviet surrender, the, uh, which was Keitel, yes. who was the chief of staff, of course, of the of the Oberkommandant of Wehrmacht, gets driven yep. down to this um, this um, barracks down in Karlshorst, which is in the sort of southeast of the city, and that's where he does sign it. Um, and yep. that's why Victory yep. Day in the Soviet Union, now Russia, is on the 9th of May rather than rather than the 8th. So it is a kind of, yeah. it's a tale of three surrenders in many ways. You've got the actual surrender on the 7th, celebration but, but, on the 8th, but, Soviet surrender on the, you know, of sort of commemorations on the 9th. And so like anything, um, anything at all to do with the Second World War, it's a little more complicated <laughs> than it could have been. <laughs> exactly that. Brilliant. Well, thanks very much, James. Um, we will, we will uh, see you all in our normal slot next week. Uh, Thanks for listening. Enjoy the rest of VE Day. I've made some bunting. Cheerio. Cheerio.